0: This is the World Warrior Low Key. Hey, it's Rotor Animal.
1: This is Christopher Daniels.
0: Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE.
1: Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy.
0: Scott Hall. And Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash.
1: Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-top WCW champion.
0: And you're listening to SNS Radio Network. You're okay.
2: Standing ovation here, let's go to our ring announcer
3: Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling It is now time to go Beyond
4: the bell. I'm your classy host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, back with you to go retro, old school. We will hop in that DeLorean to discuss the milestones, relive the monumental moments, the world-class moments of world-class championship wrestling. The year is 1987. This is an important year in the history of WCCW as you could say, or some would say, It was the beginning of the end of the illustrious promotion. Let's start off with the untimely passing of Mike Von Erich. Throughout his professional wrestling career, Mike had been prone to shoulder injuries. Owing to a dislocation, suffering while in high school, you could say. One such injury, sustained during a tour of Israel in August of 85, would be the beginning of... One of the most heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching tragedies. Not just in sports, but not even just in entertainment, but in general. While recovering from surgery back in Dallas, Mike's temperature suddenly shot up to a frightening 107 degrees. And his kidneys ceased to function. They were failing. During the operation, he had contracted and developed an infection which was determined to be Toxic Shock Syndrome. After a long absence, Mike was thought to be ready to resume his wrestling career. After his return at 1986's 4th of July Star Wars event, however, it became clear that his illness had impaired his memory and coordination. His performances suffered as a result. Mike, who had always been haunted by self-doubt about his ability to live up to the family image, soon began behaving more and more recklessly, running afoul of the law on several occasions. Sadly, though, he decided to end his own life after an arrest on a DWI and drug possession in April of 1987. Having never fully gotten over the death of David in February of '84, Mike's suicide seemed to be complete to completely take the wind out of the Von Erich sails. Less than a year later, the family patriarch would make, or should we say, make a decision that would affect Texas wrestling forever. Kevin would say, who really cut back his appearances considerably after Mike's death, wrestling. Just quit being fun. And this was the beginning, you could say, or some say the beginning of the end of WCCW.
5: I think a lot of the veteran talent got a funny kick out of indulging the little Von Eric boys and giving them whatever they wanted to have that adult people had access to, like drugs and doctors and, you know, uh, women and, you know, all that stuff and everything. And um, it eventually ended up killing him. I mean, he had an addiction problem. He was a great guy that had a really big heart. He had unbelievable charisma, more than any of the other brothers. And um, they just had this belief, this idea that however they got to what they envisioned as heaven, taking their own lives, that it, it, it wasn't a depressing thing for them, per se. They thought they were going to meet their big brother, Dave, and they were all going to be together again. I can't imagine that when they all chose to die, because I was there when Mike did the pills out in the woods in the sleeping bag. And then I became close with Chris, too, because he had this undying desire to be a wrestler. But, of course, he was smaller and stuff. He didn't have the, athlete, the physical potential to be a wrestler. Um, in their last moment on this planet, I, I can't believe that they were depressed about it, that they weren't suicidal, like, oh, it just really stinks. They really thought that it was going to be a better thing.
4: It's been written that um, by some that Fritz forced them into the business. Do you think that was the case, or do you I think don't know. they wanted it? Okay.
5: Oh, I mean, yeah, come on, what young kid wouldn't want the adulation that's going to come from that type of thing? Right. You know. So in some part, yeah, maybe later on down the road, they, like other people came to the realization themselves that that's not success, that's not what's going to make me happy. And maybe they felt like they were still stuck in. I think Kevin maybe was probably a little like that, that he had a responsibility, an obligation to the business, to the Von Erich name, even when he didn't want to do it anymore.
4: (laughs) However, there were some bright spots for world class in '87. Kerry Von Eric's comeback took place on June 4th of 1986. The life of Kerry Jean Atkinson would dramatically and tragically change at the same time. While well, we mentioned, while he drove his motorcycle on US Highway 373 in Texas, Kerry, Kerry reportedly attempted to pass a van on the two lane highway and skidded into the rear of a police car that had stopped. Carey was thrown 50 feet in the air, landing on the highway's unforgiving concrete. He suffered a dislocated hip and severely damaged his right knee, ankle, and foot. We mentioned this previously on Beyond the Bell. Just that quickly, the professional wrestling career of the modern-day warrior was in severe jeopardy. Frantic announcements were made on world-class television that Kerry had indeed been involved in a serious motorcycle wreck. An accident, but was re- expected to return to the ring shortly, though, as Kerry and brother Kevin were WCCW's two top draws, and the promotion undoubtedly feared that fans would lose interest in its programming if it became known just how bad Kerry's injuries were. Kerry, who reportedly felt that world class which had recently severed its long-standing ties with the National Wrestling Alliance, could not really survive his being out of action for a long period of time. He rushed his comeback John Cena-style, wrestling a short match with the Von Erich's childhood friend-turned-arch-rival Brian Adias in February of 1987. He wound up suffering irreversible damage to his right foot and ankle area, and doctors who strongly advised him against performing that evening had no other choice but to amputate the majority of Kerry's right foot fitting him with a prosthesis then in late November of 87 Kerry resumed his wrestling career the true extent of his injuries hidden from his peers and wrestling fans shockingly you know especially backstage changing and it's amazing Kerry was supposedly walking around in his wrestling boots At all times, the proud warrior would even go as far as to shower with his boots on in order to hide his disability from other wrestlers and promoters. But in November of 1988, a year later after what we're discussing, rumors began to circulate within the industry after Colonel De Beers accidentally pulled off Kerry's prosthetic wrestling boot during a match in Vegas. Much to the the horror of ringside fans, Kerry's secret was no more. Remarkably, Carrier was nearly as mobile in the ring as he was prior to his accident. However, this illusion did take a heavy toll on Von Erich as he developed an addiction to pain medication, which would lead to an unfortunate end to Carrier's career and life. But 1987 marked the return of the modern-day warrior to help pick up business for world-class championship wrestling
3: the death of the professional wrestler called Kerry Von Erich was a suicide Bill Brown reports this tragedy isn't the first for the Von Erich family they seem to have it all money, fame, the loyalty of thousands of adoring fans shadowing the wrestling Von Erich family, a dark side, too. Triumph touched by tragedy. The patriarch was Jack Atkinson. He played football at SMU. Then he drifted into pro wrestling as Fritz Von Erich, the bad guy with the iron claw hold. The shrewd showman looked at his five sons, and he saw a ring dynasty. The boys were tall and strong, with all-American good looks. You had to be in Texas in the early 80s to see how they packed them in. Call it magic, charisma, whatever, it was money in the bank box office.
2: A lot of people don't won't recognize it as a sport right now. There's nothing set, and there's nothing planned or choreographed. There is showmanship, but uh, wrestling is not fake.
3: But with all the good times, the money rolling in, and the screaming fans, there was trouble. Way back, Jack Jr. died at 7, electrocuted. In 1984, 25-year-old David went on a wrestling tour of Japan. He suddenly died of an intestinal illness. Less than three years later, another brother, Mike, who was 23, got sick and was forced out of the ring. He killed himself with a drug overdose. Then, in the fall of 91, the youngest and smallest of the boys, 21-year-old Chris, walked into an East Texas field and shot himself. Now, Kerry is gone. That leaves only Kevin, the second oldest, and now the last of the Fighting Von Erich boys. It is easy, perhaps, to look at the famous and wish we were them. Sometimes we're reminded all of it comes at a terrible cost.
6: Kerry Von Erich's
3: father said his son had been battling a drug problem since the 1986 motorcycle accident.
4: One of the bigger angles in 87 for WCCW was when Fritz exposed cousin Lance, cousin in quotations there, as a fraud on television. In the spring of 1987, WCCW owner Fritz Von Erich was appearing weekly on KTVT's Championship Sports in a fans question and answer segment entitled Front Row Ringside with Fritz. One viewer's question concerned the whereabouts of the Von Erich cousin Lance, who had seemingly disappeared off of the face of the earth. Fritz, his reply shocked the world of professional wrestling. It was at the time... That was really, it was still strictly adhered to in terms of kayfabe rules. Kayfabe was in full effect here. Fritz stated that Lance, who had been billed for the last year and a half as the son of Fritz's fictitious brother, Waldo, was a coward who skipped town. He revealed that Lance was, in fact, Pacific Northwest wrestler Ricky Vaughn and was not a real member of the family. Reportedly, Lance's departure stemmed from a disagreement about jobbing. To Nord the Barbarian, John Nord, the Berserker, which infuriated the no nonsense Fritz. After Lance's stint in world class abruptly came to an end, he went to Ken Mantell's short lived Texas promotion Wild West Wrestling (www yes, you heard it right before dot com. This is where he worked as the fabulous Lance, as Fritz supposedly threatened legal action if Vaughn continued to use the trademark Von Eric name. Unfortunately for Vaughn, his career never recovered in the U.S. after Fritz's public revelation. He eventually married a woman he had met while on a wrestling tour of South Africa and still resides there with her today, having retired from the sport. But at the time, it was a big event, a big newsworthy note in Texas and the wrestling community that Lance was a fraud and not a Vaughn Eric.
0: Many times uh, down through the years, I've told you folks uh, just how great resting has been to me and my family. Folks, do you think that we don't realize how fortunate we are to have a beautiful ranch like this? Rasting certainly helped make it possible. Now, folks, I'd like to introduce you to my family. This is Chris. it's my youngest. Michael Brett, Carrie Jean, Mama Doris, and my oldest, Kevin Ross. Let's not forget the wonder dog, Julio. This program is dedicated folks from my family to yours.
7: is cover him dad cover him and michael von eric wins his professional wrestling debut there he's got it here's the alpha fan go hey the dreams come true yes
4: Another big event in 1987 for the Von Erich family was when Kevin passed out inside the squared circle during an eight-man tag team bout on May 11th. Many fans attended a television taping at the Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth. There is where they thought they were witnessing yet another Von Erich family tragedy when Kevin legitimately passed out in the ring. The near disaster occurred not quite a month after the passing of younger brother Mike, which ultimately left Kevin to take on the heavy burden of becoming the only active wrestling Von Erich brother, since David died in eighty four, like we mentioned, and Kerry was out the motorcycle accident from the year prior in eighty six, The bout pitted Kevin, Bruiser Brody, and the Fantastics against Al Perez, Brian Adias, Al Madrill, and Black Bart. As the match progressed, Von Erich suddenly collapsed in the ring, much to the horror and shock of fans in attendance and to the other wrestlers participating in the match. KTVT's television cameras were immediately turned off, and Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics quickly administered CPR to Kevin, who began convulsing and turning blue. Kevin was taken to Baylor Medical Center for further observation and eventually was released. According to family members, Kevin was suffering at the time from chronic seizures directly related to numerous head injuries, as well as the hectic schedule and general stress of being a Von Erich for WCCW in the wrestling industry. In an attempt to save face when world-class returned to Will Rogers the following week, it was explained that Von Erich, his then arch-rival, Ryan Adias had caused Kevin's condition with a move he had recently mastered the dreaded oriental spike, which was a thumb thrust to the neck. Kevin returned to the ring, and the heat was on. That's a little clue, fans, for later on our program.
7: In the history of wrestling, who would you say is the greatest wrestler of all time?
0: <laughs> that's a rather Stop leading question, don't you think? What do you curve? think the answer's going to be there? I would say Prince Von Eric.
7: Von Eric back for the
0: Iron Claw. If you don't like the way I wrestle, Blanchard, get yourself another life. Get this me. I'll be very happy to accommodate you. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Hi, folks. I'm Fritz Von Erich.
7: Oh, did you see Fritz Von Erich then? The master of the Iron Claw catches Joe Blanchard coming off the rope and is applying the Iron Claw to him right now. Blood's oozing from Joe Blanchard's head as Fritz applies that pressure here in the center of this room. Matt.
0: And this is where the Von Erich legend began. Right here in the Sportatorium, the most famous wrestling arena in the world. It was more than just a career that was born here. It was a way of life. The life of my children, my lovely wife, Doris. Great matches. Many, many matches. My youngsters, moments in their lives, moments in the life of my sweet little wife, Doris. The love of God and our family, the love for each other, The love for you our fans and the love of wrestling. All these are tremendous. We're gonna share with you some very important moments in our in the Vonoric life. We hope that you enjoy this as much as the boys and I have enjoyed making it. See you down the road.
2: Well, my dad was a, he was a great father uh, now the Bible says spare the rod spoil the child let me tell you my dad followed that to the T. Uh, if I did something wrong well he'd have a size 12 waiting for my keister when I came home to my brothers and I my dad is a is a man's man he's a man that will never go back on his word when he tells somebody something that's the way it is I don't think you'll ever see a man in your life like my father that loves the Lord as much as he does, loves his family as much as he does, and, and God just loves life as much as he does.
0: And looking back over my career, uh, I had over 6,000 professional matches in the ring. I must have battled only thousands of folks, and not all of them were in the ring. I remember the names of these guys just like it was yesterday. People like Kuniski, Johnny Valentine, Bobo Brazil, the Funk brothers, Terry and Dory, not to mention their old dad, old Dory Senior. People and uh, fans are always asking me which were my most important matches. Well, it'd be real hard for me to pick out just a few. I had many a great match, many a big match, a lot of great memories there. But the one match that I guarantee you that stood out the most in my mind was my retirement match at Texas Stadium before over 30,000 fans back in the summer of 1982.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, let me again explain the stipulations of this match. This is for the American Heavyweight Championship, a belt that Fritz Von Erich at one time held longer than any other human being in the history of wrestling. No disqualification, no time limit. There must be a winner. King Kong Bundy's manager, Gary Hart, is barred from the Texas stadium field. And falls will be legal either in the ring or on the Dallas Cowboys football field. For the American heavyweight championship from Nova at 450 pounds, defending champion King Kong Bundy. Retiring tonight from professional wrestling after an illustrious career from Lake Dallas, Texas, at 270 pounds. The immortal Fritz von Eric.
8: Bring
1: the bell, <laughs> uh, man. Bundy in trouble, not knowing where he is. He's on his back. He's in he's in bad shape right now. He goes switch for the pin. One.
7: in the end zone at Texas Stadium. I
0: have the iron claw on this guy as tight as i ever had it in my life on anybody. We can tell that on the tight shots. So you're going to have to pin him. Use a chair or whatever. Of course, in most matches you can't do what I was able to do other night. But the the gratifying thing is, Bill, I'm going out, but I'm going out with a belt. It's meant the most to me and my family all these years.
7: And now you get a chance for this guy and the one behind you over here. And, David, someday there will be a National Look, Wrestling Alliance champion.
0: Twenty right <laughs> another one. Ten times. Ten times.
7: Each of these boys. Here they are.
0: On this one are going to be world heavyweight champions. Well, we got five of them. I'm dedicating my life to it. Good. And we'll have five champions. Great, great. Ten times champ.
4: The Freebirds returned to WCCW when the fabulous Freebirds made their return to world class in late 87, fans did not see the legendary tag team they had grown accustomed to seeing. This time around, the birds consisted not only of mainstays Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Buddy Roberts, but also former Freebird, their bodyguard, the Angel of Death from their days in Bill Watts' UWF, and the once ultra-popular superstar Iceman King Parsons, who had turned heel during his recent stay in the UWF. The new version of the Freebirds picked up where the original team left off in world class, continuing their legendary feud with the Von Eriks, which now sadly consisted of only Kevin and the recently returned Carrie. This feud was put on hiatus when they left WCCW in the spring of 86. Their first strike against the Von Eriks in late 87 was a hefty one, occurring on Christmas night, ...at the Reunion Arena. We'll discuss that in just a bit. In early 88, the remaining Freebird, Michael Hayes, returned to world-class... ...fresh off his stint from the NWA... ...and surprisingly stated he did not want to take sides in the whole Von Eric Freebird fiasco... ...but simply wanted to promote his music to the world-class fans... ...which infuriated the Freebirds, especially Gordy and Roberts. We'll discuss this turn of events on the next edition of the milestones of world-class championship wrestling.
0: The oldest of my six sons is Kevin. Oh, Kevin has been a great athlete all of his life. I can truthfully tell you that in all my years in this world, I have never seen a more versatile and all-around athlete than Kevin. My brother
2: Kevin was the fastest wrestler to ever, the quickest wrestler to ever enter that ring. Now I'm the oldest of my brothers and uh, Terry Gordy is kind of the big brother image of the Freebirds and uh, I felt like we really had a little something to settle. between the two of us, just him and me. I'll never forget the night we wrestled for that American Heavyweight Championship. When I hit that ring and I could hear that crowd, Kevin, Kevin, it just gave me a surge of energy, a surge of adrenaline that that I think is probably what carried me through that match. Uh, I, I did get the win over Gordy, and uh, I'll have to tribute some of that victory to the people and the Sportatorium that night. It's still the American heavyweight champion, Kevin Bennett! When I wrestled Terry Gordy, uh, it seems like I used uh, every hold I have in wrestling. Uh, man, I, I had it seemed like I had to use it all on him, because he is a really tough individual. But I came out the winner, and so the bottom line is I won
4: the match. This last event was not the only collapse for the Von Erics in 1987. Fritz Von Eric collapsed after an attack by the Freebirds. One of World Class's most controversial angles took place at the Reunion Arena on Christmas night in 1987. This is when Fritz collapsed at Ringside following an attack by the revamped incarnation of the fabulous Freebirds Terry Bam Bam Gordy, Buddy Roberts, and Iceman King Parsons and the Angel of Death prior to the start of a WCCW world title defense between champion Al Perez and Kerry Von Erich. The title match, which was held in a steel cage, had a special stipulation. This was that Fritz was to be handcuffed to Perez's manager, Gary Hart, inside of the cage. This stipulation, however, allowed the Freebirds to viciously attack Fritz, as Kerry had been knocked out shortly beforehand. This was after handcuffing him to the, ring, the ring's top rope. Following Fritz's beating, sons Kevin and Carry were able to get Fritz out of the cage, and the family, accompanied by Chris Adams, the Simpson brothers, and the Fantastics, appeared to be headed to the dressing room when Fritz suddenly collapsed on the ringside area's concrete floor. In the same year that saw tra- the tragic passing of Mike Von Erich and legitimate in-ring collapse of Kevin, arena fans were in hysterics. They were thinking that they were witnessing yet another Von Erich tragedy. WCCW announcer Matt Laurence pleaded on the house microphone for fans to make room for paramedics to aid Fritz and to allow him or allow, to get him safely out of the arena. Fans shed tears and prayed with Fritz's seemingly serious condition remaining uncertain to those in attendance. Although angles similar to this have been played out throughout the years in professional wrestling, it seems that without any harsh criticisms for those who are aware of the family's tragic history, cry foul that this fictional angle turned out to be just a mere storyline to enhance the gate for future WCCW cards and to increase television viewership. Yes, professional wrestling, there's kayfabe, there's storylines involved, but with the tragedy that befalled and, and, and was entrenched all over the organization, the Von Erich family, was this really a good angle to do, looking back at looking back at it in hindsight? I, I really don't think so. In poor taste, I would say. The collapse of Fritz is generally thought of by wrestling historians and fans, As a worked heart attack But as Kevin Has pointed out in recent years The actual term heart attack Was never mentioned on world class television In regards to Fritz's collapse Although the notion was never quite discouraged Neither Although anyone else in professional wrestling Could have gotten away with this very same angle Unscathed You know, in fact, many have WCCW fans eternally scarred They were eternally scarred By the tragedy they seem to passionately frown upon this night in WCCW history and some say as the beginning, was, the beginning of the downfall was Mike Von Erich's death this supposedly could have been the nail in the coffin for world class championship wrestling
0: I've had people ask me who I love the most man how do you say something like that I love all my kids
4: when we're in the ring it's
2: one for all and all for one we think alike and we love each other we consider every day we live a blessing, and we're thankful that for every day we have together, as we're a real close family. We do everything we can together, and there's nothing can ever come between the Von Eric's. We're too tight.
8: There he's got it. Here's what else he Go, hey! The dream
3: we hope you've enjoyed all the exciting Von Erich matches on Front Row Ringside. Coming soon, the Von Erich family story, as we retrace the moments of triumph and tragedy in the lives of America's favorite wrestling family. We'll take you places you've never seen before and show you a side of the Von Erichs you've never known. You'll learn about the family's hobbies and retrace the past decade as seen through Carrie's personal photo albums. You'll never be closer to the Von Erich family than in this exclusive videotape featuring never-before-seen footage. Stay tuned to World Class Championship Wrestling on your local television station for details.
4: And as we wrap up this edition of Beyond the Bell, the World Class Milestones of WCCW, we'll talk, we'll kind of bridge the gap between our final edition coming up for 1988. So we'll talk about the return of more familiar faces in eighty seven leading into nineteen eighty eight and the final the final edition of world class memories. When Fritz von Erich decided to make a decision, let's say, to change the lives of all the superstars, all the wrestlers, the all the workers, all the employees for world class, to change lies forever. On our next edition, we will talk about Fritz von Erich selling world-class championship wrestling and leave the wrestling profession. One of the buyers was former WCCW wrestler and booker Ken Mantel. Mantel, who had left WCCW to work as a booker for Bill Watts' Universal Wrestling Federation, we mentioned previously, the UWF... This was in the spring of 86. He returned to Fort Worth after the sale took place of the UWF to start his own pro wrestling promotion based out of Fort Worth, known as Wild West Wrestling, which we discussed earlier, WWW. Wild West was able to secure a sizable national syndication deal. It boasted the talents of many former world-class stars, such as Iceman King Parsons, Buddy Roberts, Sunshine, John Tatum, Jack Victory, and The Missing Link. But when the offered a buy into one of the world's once-top professional wrestling promotions became available to him, Mantell jumped at the opportunity and willingly merged the talents of his Wild West promotion into world-class. It should also be noted that when Jim Crockett Jr., who now had sole control of the National Wrestling Alliance, purchased Watts' UWF in the summer of 87, several former wrestlers from that group included Chris Adams, The Fantastics, and The Freebirds, returning to WCCW. These returning talents, along with the current crop of world-class superstars, such as Kevin and Kerry, Al Perez, and the Simpson brothers, seemingly would give the promotion a much-needed shot in the arm. However, at this point in pro-wrestling history, promoters were being forced to put their talent under contract to avoid other promotions from raiding their talent pool. This is what was being done from the World Wrestling Federation. World-class, unfortunately, would suffer from this as they were no longer in a position to offer long-term contracts and guarantees that would match the likes of Crockett or Vince McMahon. And that will lead us into 1988 and the downfall of world-class championship wrestling. 1987, some say, was the catalyst leading to the end of one of the most popular professional wrestling organizations in the history of the industry. Some tragedies, Mike Von Erich passing, Kevin collapsing, Kerry returning from his motorcycle accident, and the supposed Fritz heart attack angle. So many controversial moments in '87, leading to the downfall in 1988, which will be covered on our next edition of the World Class Milestones, the monumental moments of World Class Championship Wrestling. Promotional consideration
6: paid for by the following. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out triplew.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over sixteen years, and just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over twenty-seven thousand other subscribers. Wrestling-Online.com
3: You will learn to pronounce my name properly.
6: Wrestling-Online.com
1: Hey everybody, have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the SNS Radio Network? Well, just like the WWE, TNA and everyone else on the planet, we're on Twitter. You can check out the entire network at SNS Radio Network. If you want to hit us up on Unplugged at SNS Unplugged, you can check out the whole indie show at SNS. T W I S underscore podcast, the elite force podcast at E F underscore podcast. You can check out my show at S N S get in the zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Bronx father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic Jeff Jackson at SNS underscore JJ one You can bark at the tray dog at Trey on the Radio. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo the at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the Power Andy Knowles about the Miz at the Power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and (laughs) politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS radio network. Stupid bird.
6: Are you a fan of the SNS radio network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS network? Let me tell you how you can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash sns radio network on twitter follow us at sns radio network you can follow me mr money on the mic jeff jackson at sns underscore jj sex a1 these are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the sns radio network
4: world-class fans that wraps up another edition of world-class milestones the moments of world-class championship wrestling. We close 1987 and we look ahead to 1988, the downfall of world-class championship wrestling. On our next edition, we will look back at the, the true milestones that WCCW made, not just in their own promotion and state, but through the entire wrestling industry. And what we can remember, the popular the the popular, the high times, the low times, the positives and the negatives of the wrestlers, announcers, staff, fans, and moments of WCCW. It's time to take it home with some old school music. A popular song during this era was The Heat Is On from the popular Beverly Hills Cop Movie Series, a part of the soundtrack by Glenn Frey, a popular song in the mid-80s especially in 87, and then we saw some music videos on world-class television to this very same song. So we're going to wrap it up. With the heat is on, as I mentioned previously, some of the angles that took place in WCCW put the heat on many of the wrestlers and Von Eriks themselves. So until next week, fans, when we rewind and relive all things classic and old school in sports entertainment. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Until next week, stay retro, my friends. Hey there, old school wrestling fans. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, here reminding you to download the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Podcast. Radio Network. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. From WCW, ECW, WCCW, the cream of the crop, back to the NWA, AWA, World Wrestling Federation, to now WWE, we cover it all. Famous feuds, our 101 series, the Horseman files, old school music, greatest managers, tag teams, promos—you name it. Beyond the Bell covers it. Get wheel woo, wheelin', dealin', limousine riding, jet flying, Fell of a gun. So tune in each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and go old school with Beyond the Bell.
0: What you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania?
8: destroy you